0: The reason I've got you standing to welcome Eric is because uh, he's so tall that I can ask you to stand and and uh, you'll still see him, you know. <laughs> so you all know Eric, he's ministered here before, so why don't you give him a hand and come and minister to us, Eric.
1: Thank you. You may be seated. It's good to be with you. Before I begin, I've been instructed to uh Send greetings from Brother Jerry. He said, "Send send the people my love, my greetings, Miss Carolyn." And uh, so, greetings, Brother Jerry, uh, and Brother Joe, Miss Joyce. And <laughs> as we we stopped in the office before leaving out uh, the morning that we were flying out to come out here, and um, we stopped in the office for a couple things do some business, but also to say goodbye to them and thank them for allowing us to do this and to come see all of you, but also to come see little bitty baby Drew. (laughs) (laughs) And as we were walking down the sidewalk, we hugged him, said goodbye. As we were walking down the sidewalk, he said, hey, we turned around, he said, Make sure you come back. (laughs) So I'm under a strict assignment that I must return. However much we fall in love with each other over the next week and a half, I must return. Now, I did the gentlemanly thing this afternoon and allowed my wife to go first, but I'm thinking that that was a mistake on my part. So... Anybody else want to come preach right now? <laughs> Thank you, honey. That was great. I'm going to tell a little bit about our story today because this is, this is the life that we've lived. And so I, I don't uh, share some of these things uh, to be bragging. It's, it's all glory to God. But it's it's a lifestyle that we've uh lived from the beginning of our marriage. And uh I want to begin with my favorite scripture, and we can we can all quote it. Matthew six thirty-three, Pastor mentioned it. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. When I pause like that, I'm s I'm I'm looking for a response. When all these Things will be added. The Amplified says, Seek first the kingdom of God, God's ways of doing and being right. There's a way that God has that is different from the way the world operates. And Pastor mentioned that. For example, God tells us that we're to love. When the world says it's an eye for an eye, right? That's a different way of thinking. God says we're to forgive when people do us wrong. When the world says that we're to get back at them, get revenge. God says that we're to give when the world says to go get, right? In fact, they say, uh, get all you can can all you get and sit on the can that's the world's ways so it's quite different from the the ways of god and this is what romans is talking about when it says we must renew our minds because we're born into this world and its way of thinking and it's 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 indoctrinating people through advertising through media through every voice that the world can use to teach the world's ways that are in opposition to God's ways. And so by faith, we operate in the ways of God, God's ways of doing and being right. And so that's, even as a kid, when I was, I was saved when I was five, I was called to uh, preach when I was eight or nine, I had experience with God. I was, evangelist came to town, who wants the baptism of the Holy Spirit? I went up, got the baptism of the Holy Spirit, fell out under the power of God, saw visions of my life, and then kind of just buried it for years and years. And the Lord brought this up again. Uh, years later, you know, I went on to college. That's where Nikki and I met in college, and... Um, We got married, we moved to the state of Alabama, which is uh, in the Southern part of the United States. Nikki was from the Northern part, Ohio, Michigan area. I was from the Southern part, Louisiana, right next to Texas. And we met in college and uh, got married. Uh, She had another year. After that, we moved to Alabama. And two years there, in Alabama and to make a long story short, I had gone there, I'd gotten a gotten a job and and I didn't really like it and um I could go on about that. But the Lord brought me into this this other job that uh was about was with sports. Well I was a guy that you know grew up playing sports and so now I've got a job that's in the sports arena and so I excelled at it. I was a rookie of the year, you know, with, this was a new company. They were just coming across the United States. When I came on with them, there was 50 sales reps. When they went bankrupt, there was 300. So it grew. I was rookie of the year. They promoted me and I, they gave me, uh, three States to manage. And then eventually, uh, about five years in, I was managing the whole Southeast, about 40 sales reps and millions of dollars in uh, you know, sales budgets or what have you. But two years into this, I had started this from scratch in the state of Alabama and I was out pitching a new idea. This was a new concept in, in the arena that I was in and uh, had built quite a nice uh, business in the state of Alabama, two years in. And um, I'm 24 years old and I'm making $150,000. And my wife comes to me and says, I feel like the Lord's been dealing with me to to move to Michigan where her dad was pastor and to help with the ministry. And in my mind, I thought, well, I said this out loud, I said, honey, you know, we're making this too much money to move and uh, nobody does that. (laughs) So inwardly, I kind of just patted her on the head. (laughs) Oh, that's a nice, nice thought. That's a nice thought. And I thought she would forget about it. Cause she said to me, "I'm going to give you one year." That's what she said to me. Well, in that year, in the one year, little bitty baby Drew was born, and so uh, he was born, and and so I was real busy in the month of August, and and that's a busy, real busy time, and uh, <laughs> I get so she goes, she goes to Michigan. With, with Drew to spend some time, you know, with her family and things. And and while I'm busy, because we, we don't, during that month, it, it's, it's go. It's go time, you know. So when she comes back, she confronts me on the year thing. And I thought we were past all this. And um, so she confronts me on it. She says, well, have you... Talk to the Lord. I asked you to pray about this. Have you talked to the Lord about this about moving to Michigan to get involved with the, the ministry? She grew up her dad was a pastor her whole basically her whole life, most of her life. He was a word of faith pastor. I grew up denominationally, so some of the things that uh she knew I didn't know. And so when we moved to Alabama, there was a Sunday school teacher named Wayne and Donna Lombard. And, and, um, they took us under their wing and mentored us. There was all these other young adults, but we had favor with them and they would take us out to eat and they would, and he would teach me about business. Very successful businessman, very successful. In fact, they just, they, uh, just got approved to franchise a new company that They started moving company and they got, uh, 40 out of the 50 States licensed for 40 out of 50 and they're currently selling franchises. This man, and this was like his third or fourth or fifth business where he's bought and sold and things. So they, they mentored us. Uh, and I found out that God wanted me to prosper. And that's when I was introduced to brother Copeland and brother Jerry It's through them. And so I was, I was hearing these messages. We would go to these special Thursday night meetings and I found out that, that God wants me to be blessed. That, that was quite different than the message I was hearing at the denominational church. You know, keep them poor and, and keep them humble. <laughs> you know, save one day, not save the next. You know, I was constantly repenting. I got saved 197 times <laughs> because if the rapture came and mom thought... If the rapture came and she, and and Jesus came, you know, second coming, and she was in the movie theater, she would, she would miss it. She didn't play basketball because if she wore shorts, she was going to hell. So that's kind of how I grew up. And so in 1988, there was a book that came out, 88 Reasons Why Jesus is Returning in 1988. She made me read that book. They even pinpointed a two week period in September where Jesus was gonna return. I was on my knees for two weeks. <laughs> and then I realized, you know what, they missed it, so <laughs> so I got educated a little more on hey, God wants me to be blessed. And so when she confronts me on this, I said, No. I mean I mean my third year I built this I've built I've built this business Look what I've done And it was by human standards by worldly standards You know you got a 25 year old kid now that's doing pretty well and a crazy wife that wants to leave it all. Can I get an amen? I'm not looking at anyone in particular. So I said, uh, she said, well, it's come to this now. I've given you a year. She says, uh, I just want you to know that I know this is God and, uh, and I'm moving and you can come if you want to. I said, well, I'll pray about it. And so I did, I prayed about it. And the Lord said, if you do this, I'll make you number one in the company and you'll not go backwards and you'll do in your first year what you did in your third year down here. And, and so I made the move. Now, my attitude wasn't great to start because I, I grew up in a, in a Southern part of the United States. The weather's quite different than the northern part. There's snow up there. People buy electric shovels <laughs> to move the snow. And uh, so I wasn't used to that. So my attitude wasn't quite great. But nonetheless, there I, there I was, made the move. It took me about six months to get my attitude right. And then, and then a preacher came to town. And he said, you, I was sitting like back there. He said, you, yeah, you, come up here. He calls me up when I'm standing right here at the front. And he's, he has to stand on the ledge to be eye to eye with me. <laughs> he said, you're about eight or nine years old. You had an experience with God. So I, I, I knew what he was talking about. That's when the Lord called me to preach and, and uh, gave me visions of my life. And I hadn't told a soul about that. I didn't tell Nikki about that. I didn't even want her to know that. And, uh, so he reads my mail and he says, I, I see, I see hill tracks just dragging you all the way up here, just dragging you. But God was laughing all the way. (laughs) (laughs) So we, so after that, I, 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 I began to go to the Lord and all this stuff started coming up in me. And, and, um, where I surrendered my life to him and was really living Matthew 6:33, seeking first the kingdom of God. First, so money's aside, what am I seeking? And so we got involved. and the pastor, the man of God, had a heavenly vision from God. And he had had, uh, and, the, and the Lord, as, as most pastors that have vision, they get a vision, a heavenly vision from God. And, and then they begin to share it with the people. And and so as I began to hear what the heavenly vision from, from God was, and then they would post the different things, of what what God wants to accomplish here in in this ministry. And so our attitude was, we're going to help the man of God, achieve the heavenly vision from God and do whatever it takes to do that. I never had to pray about being asked to do something at the church. I never had to pray about it. Well, we need somebody to, you know, run the PowerPoint thing. Oh, let me pray. Let me, let me, let me, pray about it. All of a sudden people become so spiritual when asked to do something, they need to pray about it. Well, I just thought, well, if I can help, <laughs> you know, achieve the vision of God, whether that be my time, my gifting, my money, whatever part I could play, or in every part I could play, that's what I was going to do. And so that's what we did. And we, uh, Nikki's dad was going overseas to Ukraine and Russia, and we would sow finances into, uh, the mission trips he would go in. uh, Television ministry was in the vision, and so we. I had favor. Uh, I called a station, a Christian station that was local that that uh, covered about three million homes. And am I boring? You? Is this okay? So I, I called this TV station that covered about three million people, and 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 I said, you know, we we'd like to be on television. What what's the rate and all this and and. Uh, Found, had great favor with the, with the guy. And, and over the years, uh, this guy would call me and say, hey, we just had a spot come open. And would you guys like it? I said, yeah, we love it. How much? Oh, we'll just give it to you. This happened several, several times where they gave us spots. So by the time that that Nikki and I, uh, by faith, moved to bro- to be with Brother Jerry in Texas, our pastor was on television three times a day, seven days a week. Wow. The Lord. Yes. The Lord. Now he didn't do that. He got the vision from God, but someone in the body yes. caught the vision from God that God had given the man of God and said, what can I do to, to carry out this, this, this process? And that's how God is set up. That's how the church is supposed to operate because there's different gifts and different abilities, different talents that are in this room that make up the body. We can't all be the head. We can't all be the foot, the arm, the leg. There's different functions. So when you talk about all for one and one for all, cut off a limb and see how that goes. Your body feels that. And so that, that was our deal. That was our mission. Is that we're going to help, we're going to do everything that we can. Uh, he said, Guys, I want you, to, we don't have a youth group. We want you to go start a youth group. So he flew us out to Tulsa to a ministry there at a youth conference. And we've learned how to start a youth group. And these youth pastors would come up to me and say, How many do you have in your youth group? <laughs> Zero. How many do you have? I mean, I didn't know that that was the deal. I didn't like that a lot. It actually turned me off to preachers, where I didn't like preachers now. And so um, I wanted to say, how much money did you make last year? Because that's the same question to me. How much do you weigh? How much does your wife weigh? Let's get personal. I didn't understand what that had to do with anything. Because God can take a small amount of people and do a great amount of in, the, in the world, in the earth. We were a church of 75 people that were sending our pastor all over Ukraine and Russia. He, 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 there was at least 50 pastors over there that he was like an apostle to. We were on television three times a day, seven days a week. We had other outreaches in the community. We lived in a town that had 2,000 people. And we did a 4th of July celebration that brought 10,000 people on the property from all over. We were all in on the heavenly vision of the house. With our time, our talents, and our money. He said, well, part of the vision is we want to have housing for missionaries so when they come off the field, they don't have to go fundraise to get money so they go back on the field. So part of our mission is we want to we buy houses so that they come over, they rest, they sit under the word, and then we send them back with money so we bought a house on the property that that was adjacent to the property. And then there were two other houses that came up. And so we helped buy the two other houses. Why? Because it was in the heavenly vision that God gave the man of God for that house of God. One of those houses we bought outright and deeded over to the church. We, we help pay off the church mortgage. If the church could be out of debt, it would change a lot. So let's do this. Let's, let's pay off the church mortgage then. What's it gonna take? 125,000 at the time was, was what it was down to. We can do this. We get in front of the church. God. we can do this. What's your part? And so we go to the Lord. Lord, what's our part? So the Lord told us to give X amount. That's all the money that we had in the bank saved up. The amount that He told us to give was every bit of our savings. Are you sure, God? It's like Brother Jerry said, Lord, uh, that's not the way things work down here, you know? People save money, and then you're saying just empty it twice. Twice that happened. My mom used to always say this. Well, she said two things that suck with me all these years. Number one, be Christian. Especially to my sister. Eric, be Christian. Be Christian to her. We start talking back, talking ugly, talking about people. Be Christian. It's not Christian to talk about people. But then the other thing that she said that stuck with me all my life only what's done for Christ will last. There's eternal value. It's amazing to me, here's my note. It's amazing to me what, what people will do for this. I could, I could call up two or three or four of you and make you do really silly things and you would do it because of this. There's television shows where people do crazy, crazy things for this. And I always think it's funny on our money, on the American money, (laughs) it says on the back, in God we trust. So even money is trying to tell people to trust in God. (laughs) In God we trust. And so... Romans chapter 12 talks about motivational gifts, different from the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And motivational gifts are gifts that are innately in you. And normally people are dominant in one of these gifts. And I, for me, it was giving. So I, I was a giver. I was a giver. That's not, if that's not your, you know, your tendency, then you can do it by faith and you learn about giving and receiving. But I was a giver but you know that you can give with wrong motives. And God's very interested in the motives of our heart. And he said, uh, the Lord, our man looks on the outward appearance in Samuel, but the Lord looks on the, very interested in the motives of our heart. And so, uh, I want to, point this out to you in Matthew chapter six, verse 19. It says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your what? Heart will be also. So it's kind of the same thing what Nikki talked about. The motives of our heart. To me, what this verse is talking about is what do we value? What do we value? Let me ask this question. Because nobody in here is going to say, I value money. Because it's money with a mission conference. I mean, you'd be silly to speak up and say that, right? So let me ask a better question. What does God value? What does God value? This is where you respond verbally now. Huh? Somebody said people. God values people. Does God value this? Does God need this? There's streets of gold. There's a gate with a huge pearl. There's jewels everywhere. He doesn't need money. So he doesn't value money. So he doesn't think in terms of money. So when he, when Jesus came on the earth and he began to say, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added unto you. He was taking man back to the garden of how God intentionally set it up, just like Pastor John was saying. And then it went to Noah and then it went to Abraham. And when it went to Abraham, God said this, I will bless you and you shall be a blessing. The Amplified says, dispensing good to others. You'll be a blessing, dispensing good. Good to others. So when Jesus came on the scene, and how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit, and with, and he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. So this blessing was to do good. And so when my heart motives got right, Is in 2009, the company I was working for and had made all this money with filed for bankruptcy and 300 independent sales reps on the street now. And they were all just frantically running around and and, uh, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? And Nikki and I, went to Prayer Mountain to Billy Brown's ministry. They have cabins there to pray, to find out what God would want us to do. And it's not long after this that the Lord spoke to me with that verse and said, you are to be a blessing dispensing good to others. And he gave me this picture. And do we have that picture? I, I wanted to show that. The picture, this picture of this giant gumball machine. Now there's some of them that have the little ramps so you could see through it and they have a little ramp. So when that ball comes out, it goes down a little ramp. But he said, you're the dispenser. Said to be a blessing dispensing goods. So you're to be a blessing dispenser. And he said, I will supply what's in the dispenser. So you'll never run out. It's the most disappointing thing to a child to come up to a gumball machine that has no gumballs. But what joy it brings to a child. I remember we go to this Chinese restaurant and every time they had these little, little, you know, gumball machines and little things set up in the lobby. And every time on the way out, Drew had to stop and... Put a quarter in the dispenser, twist it, and get a gumball out. And it brought such joy to him, like it's a little more than a quarter today to bring joy to him. <laughs> How times have changed. <laughs> but look, this this little child, it brings such joy to him when but it's really it brings more joy to us. When we're able to do that for someone, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And so my heart motive began to change that this, this isn't about, you know, checking off another thing off the list. This is about doing good. This is about valuing what God values. God values people. Now I was given to the, the mission trips, and we wanted our pastor to go first class. So we're giving extra to, to that. And, and uh, he was going eight, 10 times a year. And I couldn't go because if I go with him, then, you know, I was leaving praise and worship for 16 years. And so somebody has got to stay home and preach. So there was a, there was a season there where we didn't go, but we gave so that he could go. There's one that is sent and there is one that is the sender and you can be the sender through finances. And so he would come back from these mission trips and say, we say, how was it? Oh, it was great. And that's all we'd get out of him. Like, what are you talking about? Like, tell us more. Like what happened? And there would be people that because of drugs was such a big thing over there that they, they were barren, they couldn't have children. And so um, he would pray for them and they, they had an anointing for people that wanted to have children. And so they would lay hands on people and, and then they would go back a year later and there would be children. And so they were, they were calling him the grandpa because they, it was years, people couldn't have children, they were barren, and now all these miracles and things. So me, as someone that was sending through my finances, took part in all of that. There will be adult, uh, adults in heaven that I will meet, that I was part of putting them on the earth. If he doesn't go, there's no miracle for them. So now my, 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 uh, my motive shifts when I go and I see it for myself. So we go to Siberia. We're in a church. So the, Nikki and I both went on this trip. It was one of our first trips. You know, we didn't even miss, I'm not bragging. I'm just saying this is how committed we were. I don't think, it was, it was probably 10 years before we missed a Sunday service. We were committed. And when we went on this trip, we'd heard all these things, but it's something to be able to see it. I say everybody should go on a mission trip at least once so you can see it. And he's preaching and there's a word of knowledge about a, a big toe. A big toe. And some guy comes up at the service and said, that, that was me. I haven't been able to walk on my toe, but look at, look at me now. Look, I can, I can lift up on my toe. A big toe. God cares about a big toe. Yeah. We're, in, we're in a setting of 500 people. He calls out a big toe. It's being healed right now. There was a deaf ear that was called out. Someone's ear Popped. They came up after I was the one that had the deaf ear, so I'm just sit, sitting there and listening to all this through the interpreter. And then this lady comes up, and she comes up. She's on a cane, and she's dragging her foot like this, dragging her foot. And she comes up for prayer, and so Nikki and I and her dad, you remember this? <laughs> we lay hands on on the top of her head and and. Just begin to, you know, loose the anointing of God, the healing anointing of God, come on her. So he says, let's walk. So I'm on one side and, and he's on the other. And so she's, you know, picking up, doing like this and doing like this. And she's got us both like this. And on the third step, she picked up her leg. All of a sudden her leg straightens like this and she sets it down like this. And Nikki sees that and she goes, oh my, God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And so then she's walking and she's walking normal like this. And she turns around and walks this way back to, she pushes me off of her and she pushes past her off. She starts walking by herself back and forth. She's walking normally. So much so that she walks right out of the building rejoicing. And I was like, hey, wait, 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 wait. We got to take a picture so our congregation will believe what's happening on the mission strips. She walked up four flights of steps to the meeting the next day. Totally, completely healed. All those years where I was sowing and giving to the vision. See, I don't, I've never thought, I I don't give to a need. A need is an opportunity for me to give to God. I give because, let me ask you this question. Why does God give? For God so loved the world that he That He gave. So if I'm like God, and I love like God, then I value people because people will live forever in heaven or in hell. Their souls he's not willing that any should perish. So whether I'm the one that goes or whether I'm the one that sins with my finances, I have a part. I have an eternal part. And I take something that is not eternal, that that you cannot take with you, and this can have an eternal impact. That is money with a mission. To take this and do something eternal with it. That deserved a lot more amens than that. Because that's now, you you, you have an eternal impact in your pocket right now. Something that can make an eternal impact. That's amazing to me. Because God never forgets a seed song. So all the times, church, all the times were you given. You weren't the one that went on the mission trip. Simon was just telling us about the time where he was in the hospital in one of the countries they went to. This man had a huge growth on his neck that they prayed for. Maybe you didn't make that trip. But Simon was there in your behalf, in God's behalf. Making an eternal impact. Only what's done for Christ will last. That's a good lesson by mama. Yeah. <laughs> so when you see people's lives get changed and you're, you're giving, your finances was a part. Well, somebody says, well, I don't know what they do with that money. That's not That's not your business. That's not, you know, we can't manipulate or control with our money. Who are we giving it to? Were you giving it to a man or were you giving it to God? I remember one time a, a, a traveling minister and he, he was going up to the Philippines and I felt led of the Lord to uh, sow into his trip. Lord, how much do you want me to give? He told me. So I gave that amount. People say, well, we give out of obedience. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey. Everything comes back to love. Everything in the kingdom. God is love. It's the culture of the kingdom. Faith works by love. It's the culture of the kingdom. Love is. So I gave X amount. Well, he ended up not going on that trip. And I said, Lord, what about this? And he came back to me and said, Eric, thank you for showing that trip. I'm not, I'm not going to go to that trip. Do you want your money back? Most, most probably wouldn't do that, but he did. I said, no, I didn't give it to you. I gave it to God because God told me to. Once it's out of my hands, it's in the Lord's hands. That's right. That's right. And he's the rewarder. So if I'm only giving to man, then I, I will have a man's reward. But if I'm giving to God, I have an eternal reward. And this is important because when you talk about business and you you put this heart into the business, now every potential client is an opportunity for me to love. And if I truly love people and I've got a solution for them now, I have a solution for you. That I, believe, that I believe is best for you. Why? Well, that takes on a whole different deal. Now you can minister to people out there. It's a whole different motive of the heart. So when Jesus is dealing with this about seeking first the kingdom, And I'll wrap up here. He's going through all these things, saying, just like back when God blessed man, blessing, authority, and dominion, and seed. He had given man provision, he was providing for man through seed. And so when Jesus brought this back in Matthew chapter 6, he was saying, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will be added to you. Talk about the birds, the grass. How much more valuable are you than they? They don't live forever. I know some people think that their dogs are going to heaven. And that's cute. Maybe you'll see Fluffy. Maybe you won't. I'm not going to go there anymore (laughs) so when Jesus is dealing with this he's bringing it all back saying I'm your provider you dispense for someone else you are to provide or dispense or be a blessing to someone else I am your provider I'm your provider. You dispense to others. I'm your provider. Your else should die. You dispense to others. You be a blessing dispenser. I'll provide for you. Because the world teaches that I've got to go to work to provide for my family. But God's view of a job is a means by which he can bless you so that you can bless others. And he uses different, different ways to do that. So I am not my own provider. So with that in mind, now I go to work thinking that God is my source This is a way that he's blessing me as my source. He gave you favor. He gave you favor for promotion. He gave you an idea, a business, whatever it is. It's a tool, a way for him to bless you so that you can bless others. What's Ephesians one? Let him who work, uh, let him steal, no longer steal, but let him work so that he may have something to give. So work takes on a different heart motive. There's an old commercial. The guy is getting up to go to the donut shop. It's time to make the donuts. It's time to make the. No, I, I go now with a different idea that God has blessed me with this so that I can bless others. Now, my posture there should be completely different because I'm a representative of God and he gave me this. So I want to be a good steward of what he gave me. And Jesus said that money's the least. Right. And yet so many people struggle with it. He says he who is faithful in the least. Speaking of money. So he'll not move you on. Maybe say, I want my own business. He can't move you to your own business until you're faithful to what he's already given you. And he's the judge of that. You're looking at me with holy stares. I feel like now's a good time that I must close. Drew, start the car out back. So when the needy. So when Jesus said you can't serve God and money, we don't relate to him saying you'll love one and hate the other because nobody in here is going to say, I hate God. But then he says, or you'll be loyal to the one and despise the other. Do you know that the word despise simply means to have a low opinion of? And let me read you the Greek definition of the word serve. And this is my last point. <laughs> he said, you cannot serve God and money. The word serve means this, having all personal Ownership rights assigned to the owner. It also means to willingly give over the prerogative to be self governing. So when I come to God, I exchange, I exchange. You guys should have been like the biggest ameners today. Like, where's the fire? I exchange my life for his. For me to die is, for me to live is Christ. For me to die is, So Christ is now the one that governs me. Every part. The Amplified says you can't serve God and money or whatever that's trusted in. Whatever it is that we've made an idol. Because here's what I've come to know about God is my capacity naturally is limited. But when I let God govern me, I tapped into a grace. I tapped into anointing that took me beyond my ability. You can tap into an anointing and a grace that takes you beyond your ability. They did it in 2 Corinthians 8. He says in their their poverty, they gave liberally with joy. Yes, and even beyond their ability. We don't need a 1,500 member church, although that would be nice. But God can take this church with this people and accomplish his will in the earth. It's his heavenly vision. The vision is from God, and so if it's from God, then He is faithful to perform His word. Yeah. And folks, now's the time, yeah. now's the season. Yeah. I want to read a scripture over you today. Would you stand? And I, as I as I read the scripture over you and pray over you, it's found in Ezekiel chapter twenty thirty. <laughs> Ezekiel 34. And it says this. I will make them and the places all around my hill a blessing. Them talking about you. You're them. Turn to your neighbor and say, You're them. I will make them and the places all around them a blessing. And I will cause showers to come down. In their season. If there's ever been a time. In the earth. Where it's the season. For the people of God. Now is the time. Exodus. Chapter 8 says. The Lord says. After you know. Three or four plagues that come out. He says, my people will no longer experience these things. I will make a difference between my people and the people of the world. That's the season that we live in. We're living in Isaiah chapter 60. Arise and shine for your life has come. In other words, it's your time. For the glory of the Lord will rise upon you. Darkness will cover the earth. Gross darkness to people. Aren't we seeing that? It says, but... The Lord will arise over you. Your light will shine. There will be a difference. Yes. So he says, I will come down, I will cause showers to come down in their season. There shall be showers of blessing. The amplified says blessing of good ensured by favor. Yes. Yeah. Blessing of good ensured by favor. Dr. Savelle teaches blessing empowers us to prosper, but favor gives us opportunities. There's going to be opportunities for you to operate in the blessing. He says showers of blessing, which in the, the, uh, if you look that up, means one of the words means downpours. So what God is saying is, you're going to be so good and drenched with my blessing and my favor, now in this season, to do what? To accomplish his will in the earth. Yes. Pastor Sharon and I were just talking. We, oh, we're living in an accelerated time. Things are being sped up. Yes. That means things that took 10 years may only take one year or one month. Yes. Yes. But to bring all this back, to put yourself in position for this. We must have a heart that is toward Him. Seek first the kingdom of God. Above all else, the life of faith is truly an adventure. It's adventure, it's adventurous. They were just talking last night. Our life begins every day because it's an adventure. Who wants a monotonous life? Well, at least I know what I'm getting. Yeah, that's your problem. You settled. Maybe nobody in here. Or maybe. Father, Lord, I pray this prayer over this wonderful, wonderful group of people, your church, your church divinely positioned in this nation. And Father, I thank you for showers of blessing, showers of blessing. There will be no lack Lord, that you will accomplish this heavenly vision through these people that you called into this church. And we thank you, Father. We thank you that it is our time now in the earth. And we give you praise for it. And if you receive that, say amen. Amen. Say, I receive it. I receive showers showers of blessing. and And favor. All my life. Empowering me, prosper, empowering me to prosper and opportunities wish to do so in Jesus' name. In Jesus name. And make this pledge before the Lord. Lord, Lord I, pledge you, I pledge to you, I will do my part, do my part for, this for this body at Heritage of Faith Ministries International in, Ministries International. in Whitbank, South Africa I will, do my part. I will do my part in Jesus' name. In Jesus name. And we all said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, guys. We love you.
0: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Which one is this one? Praise the Lord. Well, uh, five o'clock, we're going to have the next session. And then tomorrow morning. How many of you just know that God has challenged us as a ministry today to step up and step into and to go for the maximum and go for the highest level attainable? So praise the Lord. I have something going on in my heart right now. And uh, i I'm just been asking the Lord, can I just do it later? And uh, he, he's kind of saying, get it out now. So when God brought a message to us and said, I will take the children, God did a, a whole shift in this ministry where the children had to exchange what the system said is their future to an exchange for something that God said is their future. The obedience to do that is to challenge the way that the system dictates future. There are two things that happened at that same time. The one is that the children had to commit to God. The second thing is that the parents had to commit to release them to God. Now, some of, the, some of the people that are here in my exchange, their parents are not in the ministry, they're not in our church. What I'm about to say applies to their parents, even though they're not in this church. For all the parents that have released their children to God, you would have already been experiencing and you will already know the favor of God that rests upon your life. Because you put your children in the hands of God rather than trying to tell them and force them into what the world says they've got to do. So parents, the favor is on you. The blessing is upon you because you've released your children into the hands of God. That's the first thing. The second thing is you've given your children the very best opportunity to excel and succeed in love. Because you've given them into the hands of God, not into the hands of men and people. What has that got to do with the money with a mission conference? Because if you are willing to entrust God with your children, then you are capable of trusting God with your money. And if you will hear what God is saying this weekend, you can take a bigger step than you think. And you can give more to God than you think. And He will back you all the way. He will back you all the way. Because you trust Him, He is compelled to bless you. He is compelled by His Word to honor you. He is compelled to cause the windows of heaven to pour out. Like Eri was saying, Properly soaked, or was it Nikki? I can't remember now. Properly soaked, properly soaked with the blessing of God. Hallelujah. And it's not a surprise to me that God will meet the needs of all of the people that are giving their lives to Him. Because they're not giving their lives to the church. They may be functioning in the church, but they're giving their lives to Him. When you give your lives to Him, He will... Cause you to be blessed beyond what you eat, you drink, or you wear. He will cause you to be blessed abundantly. Hallelujah. I cannot... Express it in words. How strong the Holy Spirit is speaking to me right now to declare that over you that there is more that you can do, there is bigger that you can go for, there is so much more that He's got for you. Higher, bigger, the maximum, the highest level attainable. Because if you trust Him with your life, with your children, with everything, your money is just a little thing that you can give Him. Yes. Hallelujah. We really have an opportunity in this church because we've been saying it for a long time. We have been standing and standing for the things that God wants us to stand for as a church. Sharon, Pastor Sharon, we have fought beasts to get here. Some of you have fought those beasts with us. Now we are in the exact time frame of God that whatever he's saying, go for the highest and the best now, John, we got to go for it now. If we can't go for it now, then there will be ne- never be another time when we can go for it. Because His grace is here. His anointing is here. His favor is here. His power is upon us. God is with us. God is with us. He is with us. He is upon us. He is moving upon us. There is a perfect time for us to go into the maximum. Right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise Jesus. Thank you, Nikki. Thank you, Eric. You have been a blessing to our ministry, to our church, to our body today. We receive it. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I'm so on fire, I don't even want to go home. Glory to God. Hallelujah, Jesus. I'll see you guys at five o'clock. Bye. Thank yeah. you. Yeah.